0: Hey guys, I'm Rhea Fry, best selling author, business owner, wife, mother, but most of all, I'm a human. And I'm
1: Joe Tower, entrepreneur, producer, editor, husband, son, and I am also a human.
0: As writers, we're always digging behind the story of publishing, ego, process to get to the deeper truth of who we are and why we're here. While
1: we're still pursuing that mission of the Right Way podcast, we wanted a platform where we could talk about being writers. As well as being here. Now
0: we'll be spending each episode talking with real people about real shit. This is The Real Story. I think it's really interesting for you specifically, like, the idea of thought before action or creating a new story. Because I think it's very easy to create a new story or tell yourself a new story when things are going like pretty well and pretty smoothly, but I think it gets really hard, you know, when like the situation that you're currently in to be like, I love living life. I love the people who are surrounding me. I love being the clear example I am, you know, like I think it's harder to tell yourself those things or to, yeah, put yourself in that position when there's no end in the foreseeable future of like a a feeling the way that you're feeling right now.
1: For sure. And I think also like thought, you know, because that's the, that's the natural succession of things is thought before action is thought is where we put the least amount of our attention. Um, we get so consumed by the action of the thing that we don't really give a second thought to not, not even necessarily like what we're thinking, but like how how we're thinking it, how we're thinking about the circumstances, how we're thinking about the future. And, you know, I I, I think, I, I, you know, I ponder this a lot, like while Anna and I have been going through this, I think there's a lot, absolutely, there's a lot of like positive visualization and an attempt to manifest like uh, our life after this. Um, but you also like have to think about like, well, what what does that thought process presume? In in effect, it's kind of like wishing away this time that you have now. Um, so like there's there's almost like an equal and opposite reaction to every action. So you really have to be careful with, I think we really have to be, we have to be so much more careful with our our thoughts because I do think that's right. And I think, you know, I think it's a, it's it's been abused and like misinterpreted misinterpreted a lot. Law of attraction, uh, you know, uh, acting from source and all of that good stuff. I think has been frequently misinterpreted. But I uh, but yeah, I think I think being careful about what we think and how we think it is so absolutely critical to 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 creating the new story. Sure.
0: Well, right. And most thoughts that we think are just. I mean, they're the same set of thoughts that we have over and over and over and over again. And we're so conditioned to them that, you know, I was listening to this podcast called Create a New Story by Abraham Hicks, which if people aren't familiar, it's this woman, Esther Hicks, who kind of has this, (laughs) it sounds insane if you haven't listened to her, but it's almost like this entity, this like collective being that's speaking through her and it's wild. It's wild to listen to because she'll just get on this role. And I all these podcasts are taken from her actual um, conferences and speaking gigs that she does. So they're usually like bite sized. They're seven minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes. But I listened to this one called Create a New Story. And my daughter, so she was downstairs. I was upstairs and I was like cleaning or something over the weekend. And she, I guess, was listening in and she, when it stopped, she was like, that was the most amazing thing I've ever heard. Will you play it again? And it resonated so much with her because I think for children, this idea of, you know, thinking thoughts that give us relief, that everything we're living is in response to the story we're telling ourselves, that we are our own point of attraction, like these these um ideas actually make more sense to them than they make sense to us and she got it so completely and there's this like the end of this little podcast we'll link it in the show notes but um Abraham just gets on a roll of just like I love my expansion I love where I am I love where I'm going I love where I've been where I've been that's the story you want to tell and it it just seems when you really start to listen to this, I notice when I listen to these types of things regularly or I practice them, it's almost too easy. I'm like, it can't be this easy to feel good. Conceptually. (laughs) Conceptually, Well, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Conceptually you get,
1: and that's why kids, that's why kids can still, because you know, what the, the, the magic, whatever the magic, uh, potion or the poison that happens is conditioning and they can still they still have a kind of like pure relationship with their brain and with their mind and with imagination and we so don't when we get after years and years and years of being of living through things that we then that, that that then become part of our story that then we think that has to happen. So we're continually informed by action and thought and action and thought until we get to that place where we're like, well, this is what I deserve or this is what I get or this is just how life is now.
0: Well, and I mean, how often do we tell ourselves, you know, things come so easily to me. Everything's working out for me. Everything's flowing to me. And like really... Right, exactly. (laughs) So when you're telling yourself... It's so hard. It's so hard when you're saying work is so hard. And she says that. That's such a...
1: It's such a great example that she uses and I think you know for all of these thought leaders and this you know Abraham Hicks is like she's uh, she's a bit she it's it's a bit divisive she can be very divisive sure I think. and and as all as they all can you know uh, as 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 they all can but the nugget is there and that example that you know that you just said is like, if you keep saying, why is this so hard for me? It's going to be so hard for you. Of
0: course. And you and I, you know, we talk a lot and we have talked a lot on this podcast specifically about, you know, the nature of our work and client life and wanting to be creatives, but also giving that time to others and man it's so hard and it's so this and it's so that and we love it but it's you know it's x y and z and we keep telling this story and we were joking around today before this call about like i don't i don't ever want to work again i mean this is you know but but you have to be careful about even saying that right cuz it's like okay let's not have something terrible happen where you can't ever work again but i think it's this perpetual cycle at least in the nature of our work where It it is a lot of it is a lot of work, no matter how you look at it. But there's no um, there's no built in rest period of, you know, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, six weeks of of rest and reflection before we before we begin again. And most people's work cycles are like that, too. Right. Like you might take your vacations here and there, but we're never completely replenished and refreshed. Um, We're never completely um, well rested, uh, which, you know, so we're never coming at life or coming at our day with like fully optimized so that any like the slightest little thing can veer us off course. And I think the practice in just feeling better is actually feeling better. And, you know, today, like I'm a very early riser. I get up at, you know, five, five thirty, usually sometimes six. This morning, I slept until nine. And I like, to me, that's like, oh, my God, you know, past me would be like, I've ruined the day. Oh, my gosh. It's, you know, I it's a work day today. Like, and instead, I just like realized that my body, my body needed that rest. I could come into the day totally differently. I took my time and it was so beautiful. And I I realize that a lot of the stress that I impose and a lot of this, you know, oh, everything is hard and oh my God, and I've got to do this. It's it is all self-imposed and I can actually control my reactions to things. So I think there's something about thoughts, actions, but the reaction to just all the things that exist in my life, like I actually do have control over that. And I, I specifically where I am in my life am trying to create more of a new story around um, just, just my relationships, how I show up in the world, how how I am working, how I am resting, how much fun I'm having. Um, and, and just being a lot more aware of those things.
1: Well, this, okay. So this makes me think of like so many different things. And there's, I I think the experiment here is like, let's use, let's take our situation as an example, our work situation as an example, and this sort of, you know, running, editorial about work and about wanting to focus more on our creative, our own creative efforts and get, and, and kind of, you know, get out from under being dominated by, by client facing work. Um, and kind of never, never being able to do it. And, 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 and while, while there are real, and I want to amend what I said earlier, which is I, I, I feel like at the beginning I put all this emphasis on how we need to approach our thoughts. And while I think that's true, the action that we take afterwards, and I think this is where particularly manifestation gets mistranslated. Got to take
0: action. Got to take action.
1: Got to take action appropriate to the thought, authentic to the thought, right? So if we say, well, I want to get out from under client facing work and I want to liberate myself by pursuing my own creative interests, well, let's think that, and let's think in abundance, and let's let's uh, th- uh, you know th- think as close to our our authentic self as possible, and what we deserve, and 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 the 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 abundance that's out there. But then let's follow it up by actually making those, taking that action that's gonna lead, that's gonna lead us to that place. The other thing that I think is interesting is, and I you, I think you made a uh, you know great point about talking about like. Changing how you react to things, but like think about—I love this idea of experiment of, of of actually going through not just the long narrative, the like large, wide, arcing narrative of of our lives and like what we come to expect from our lives and what kind of person we 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 decide that we are, um, and whether or not that's even true. But even those little mini narratives, like you used one when you were talking about today, you refer to yourself as an early riser. And that may be true, but also like, what if you're not? Right. Because I, <laughs> I also do this thing where I'm a person, because if you're an early riser, that means that anytime you ever sleep in, you're doing something that's inauthentic to yeah, yourself. Yeah, so true. But are you, are you? Right. And we do the same thing all the time. I do the same thing with, with disorganization. I'm not an an organized person. That's what I tell myself. I tell myself that all the time. Um, And is it true? I don't know, but I'm thinking it and I'm obviously acting authentic to that thought, but it might not be authentic to myself.
0: I don't know. I mean, that's a fantastic point because we are obsessed with putting labels on ourselves, on others. Love the labels. Uh, You know, and I say that all the time, like I'm the breadwinner, I'm this, I'm that. And- by doing that, it's like I'm discrediting or putting more value on what I sometimes bring to the table versus what Alex might bring to the table. And we've been really uh, unraveling that lately and really trying to focus more on the things we really like love and enjoy about each other and promising (laughs) that we are not going to hold resentment or, yeah, tell these stories that no longer serve us in our relationship. And we've been digging into a lot of inner child work and looking at our, our familial, um, patterns and, you know, those stories. Oh my gosh. Do we tell such stories about how our parents are, how our siblings are, how we are within the, the scope of our family. Well, and how
1: we are because of our parents and uh, subsequently, like in the case with, with you and Alex, like the, the, the narrative we have for ourselves becomes a narrative that we tell our partner and then that 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 then influences what kind of narrative they begin to write about themselves completely, in in the relationship
0: completely and as adults you know i think it's just up to us to correct those narratives or create new new stories and and if if you're, the story that you are telling telling the world telling yourself telling social media doesn't feel good anymore and doesn't feel authentic or if how you are interacting with others is mostly to complain, to talk about stuff that's not working, to just bitch and moan or commiserate, like then it's probably time to really examine those those stories and start to create some new ones. And what you said to circle back about the, we've we've talked about it so much, but like we do want to put our creative selves more um, or just give that more time um, or put that at the center of daily life, maybe. And (laughs) you and I have come up with plans and strategies and all of that. And I think our conditioning is so strong to think that, oh, well, the money is here in client work and over here. And, you know, the risk is so great to just like go all in and create something when you're not necessarily getting paid for it right away. And that's something I have to work on because I'm so focused on, I've actually realized the only source of stress in my life is around my financial responsibilities. The only source. I mean, I've worked so hard in other ways, even parenting, which is one of the biggest sources of stress. Like we have been we've just been working on all these different areas of our lives. And, you know, so it's it's funny because you and I are creating a new story that um, a couple of stories that we, we want to write. And we had a call about it and we got a little bit of a start. But for some reason, we don't sit down and treat that like an actual profession that we need to do every day. But yet we'll spend hours and hours and hours and hours On other client work. And that is the conundrum and the nature of running a business that is in support of other writers, which I absolutely love. But but at some point, if the dream of your own life is to create this, you know, new road to travel down, then you actually have to travel down the fucking road. And, you know, um, you can tell yourself a million excuses all day why you can or why we can or we'll get to it or whatever. But, you know, it's actually taking that step toward the thing that you want to be doing, how you want to be feeling, that that ultimately, get you anywhere. Otherwise you're just, again, telling the same, like you're stuck in the same loop, telling the same story, giving yourself the same excuses and then nothing ever really changes.
1: Uh, Holy shit. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that is dropped a mic. Um, it's, it's so true. And I, I, I wonder, you know, um, in that arrangement, because so I mean, I think about all the people that have like, uh, <laughs> undergone the same gauntlet. Um, I was reading, you know, I, I constantly, I'm obsessed with Toni Morrison because oh, she didn't, who
0: doesn't love Toni Morrison. She didn't
1: write her first, didn't start writing her first novel until after she was until she was close to 40. And, uh, however, um, she was writing that novel while she was a single mother and, and still a professional editor in the publishing industry. So she would get up at like dawn, write, go to work, <laughs> be a mom. Um, so she was doing Well,
0: how much do you want it? You know, so, well, I mean, it really comes down to that how much but do you is want it,
1: it is it that? Is it how much do you want it? Because that's to me is that to me has all of like the trimmings of like bullshit hustle culture? or is it thought? Is it how we're thinking about it? Is it how we're probably both. <laughs> Are, I mean. are we, do we go into that arrangement or do we pr- like pr- that pressurized arrangement where we're working, burning the candle at both ends, working dawn to dusk, um, got all this stuff on our plate. Are we, are we thinking about it like that as well? And is it possible, you know, if what this Ab- Abraham Hicks is talking about, is it possible to truly change our our thought about it and our narrative about how that feels and how that is
0: I, I think one of the most important questions and I used to do this all the time is you know say you want d- deciding what you want right so what type of author you want to be if you want to be a, a best-selling author or a professional author and that's your main gig how like what does a professional author or best-selling author do how do they live how do they spend their time like what you know putting yourself in that, Position, first of all, and then asking yourself how you want to work and how you want to create. Because I know for myself, I do not want to overwork. I'm at such a level, have been at such a level of burnout for so many years that I know I don't want to work like that. I want to be in flow. And that's something that I've been working on so consistently. And as an example, you know, I wrote this new book the other year, which is currently you know, being reviewed by editors and I was still running the business, parenting, doing all that stuff and created this book and had the best fucking time doing it. And one of my superpowers, I think, is that I am a very fast writer and I don't often use that as an advantage or the advantage that it is in my life because I can get a lot done in a really short amount of time. Doesn't mean it's great work, but I can get the thing out of me and then go back and like really refine. And instead of just constantly using that to my advantage, you know, sometimes I, I, I don't know, I don't, I, I'll just like, once I get done with something, for instance, I I got done with this book, had it poured out of me, and then I have that moment of like, can I write, am I ever gonna be able to write another book again? And I th- I think it's, I don't often build in the the space and the time to reflect because I'm looking at all of my other writer friends who, to stay relevant, are sometimes working on two books at a time, three books at a time. They always, always, always are working on the next thing and working on the next thing. And I've been very guilty of that in the past to just constantly move forward. But I'm trying to be more in flow and not, I think there's really something to being inspired and writing when you're in a really good place versus constantly trying to make yourself get something on the page if you don't feel it. But that's a very slippery slope because some of us never feel like sitting down and writing. And it's not until we actually sit down and do the thing that we start to gain momentum and actually get the story out of us. So it's it's a slippery slope and a very precarious balance. But I don't think it has to feel. You don't have to be a Toni Morrison and get up at dawn if you know you're not going to do your best work at dawn, you know. Um, so I think it's both, like you said, it's it's how we're thinking about it, and also, and also, I think to a degree, it is how much. Well, because we
1: want what's it. the thought? What's the thought preceding that action? What's the thought preceding sitting down and and writing?
0: For me, it's I don't have time. Right. So, or I'm not making time. You know what right. I mean. But it's like, well, I can sit my ass down at the end of the day, and,
1: and so I wonder. Like, I mean, and I, watching, and I watch a movie. I think you're right. <laughs> I think it's a slippery slope to like look at another writer and be like, well, I have to do it like that, um, and using how they do it as a model, because we don't actually know Toni Morrison's thought before that action. We don't know how of she. Per- we don't know anybody. I perceived it. Yeah. So, so. When we doggedly pursue uh, an outcome that we want based on a, a previous test case, based on the methods of somebody else, based on the practice of somebody else, we're already out of alignment with our authentic self. We already are. So of course that's going to be a slog and it's, of course that's going to be misery because there's no thought that precedes that action. There's just the replication of someone else's action.
0: Well, and you just said it so perfectly. We we are so obsessed, especially in our voyeuristic culture, as we all know, with how everyone else is doing it. How did she achieve success? How did she get her book out there? How did she sell a million copies? How did she get the giant book deal? And we spend so much time there Looking outward, trying to mimic something that, of course, will not work for you because it's not authentic to you. And I think figuring out what feels good to you, what feels right to you, and just as you said earlier, if I am constantly labeling myself, I'm an early riser. I'm a fast writer. I'm this, I'm that. and then i I, you know, deter like i'm I um deviate from that path, then does that mean it's not? True for me. And I I think it's really just spending more time with your own story, how you've been living, how you've been working, and how it's asking yourself, how is it all working out for me? Is it working out for me? And if not, then it's a wonderful opportunity to sit down and actually figure out what does work for you, what's going to feel good for you, what's going to get you to the finish line. Without considering the way that other people are doing it, or how they're doing it, or what they're thinking, or it doesn't have to do with anyone else. At the end of the day, it is all about us, you know? Yeah. That's it. That's it.
1: That's it. No one else matters, (laughs) just us. Just us. Well,
0: but it starts with us, and at some point, we we learn that it doesn't, and that we are... Constantly outsourcing and constantly having to get everyone else's opinions about what we're doing, how we're living, how we're making money, how it all looks to the outside world. When if it doesn't feel good to you, then what does that even matter? And this
1: comes, this goes right back to that thing. Like, uh, and I, I hate to quote my own self, but I've, you know, I've been, <laughs> please I've been quote on, your own self. I've been on this. I've been on this. I will not. I will not refer to. I. I not only resent the term luck uh, or the concept of luck, but I I will not refer to gratitude and lucky or unlucky in the same uh, together Um, because we shouldn't compare. We should never compare. We can't be sitting here comparing ourselves to others or comparing ourselves to a standard. The only, everything has to be, and she said this to Abraham Hicks, said this in in that podcast episode as well, From that, uh, from that speaking engagement, she said, uh, "You know, everything has to. You have to. Everything comes from within. It all comes from within us. It has nothing to do with all this external shit. All of these, like, well, I got to do it that way because he, she, they did it that way. Like, and it's the same thing." With comparing for that, this is the same thing as comparing any kind of circumstances. Like, you know, uh, with Anna's cancer, I try to stay away from that as often as possible. I'm not going to sit here and say, we're lucky because someone else has worse cancer. That has nothing to do with gratitude. And it has nothing to do with how we're going to approach accepting, progressing and beating this cancer. And nothing to do
0: how do you feel though in your own bubble you know within your own life though like do, what is what is the practice for you of of getting through it or do you have gratitude? are you grateful um with you know how do you deal with these circumstances and what what stories are you telling yourself about the situation that you're currently in?
1: Well, I think that it's super easy to become. And I have, you know, I have one narrative about it, obviously, and then my wife has another, Um, and we're in alignment on that narrative as a a couple going through this in, in a lot of ways, and then a lot of ways we aren't. I think neither one of us really want to be like the couple who's dealing with cancer, like the can- the cancer couple, like that's a label, and that creates its own narrative. And um, I think you're expected, you know. She Anna says it a lot about social media. Um, social media is kind of the 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 thing that she took to pretty quick. Um, not only as a way to have a connection to the outside world, especially the first forty days when she was in the hospital, um, but just as a way to like what what her mission was. She wanted to kind of show this process and show what she was undergoing in a really honest way. And what she and a lot of other cancer warriors and cancer survivors talk about is the fact that when you become like a cancer warrior or when you become like a cancer person, it's all got to be about like the fight and bravery and courage and, and you're so strong and all of that kind of stuff. And sometimes it's like, nah. Fuck you, man. This is scary, and I'm scared. And you know what? I get to fucking be scared because sometimes cancer's scary. Now, there are gonna be those moments where I am gonna exhibit strength and I am gonna I am gonna be strong and and I I think defying that label instantly allows you to be be human. And I think we largely live in a very shallow surface level. Uh, image-driven culture where all, like you said, all we really care about is the label. We love to label, and then no one can really exhibit any human qualities beyond that. So, I think one of the things that we're doing is we we try to treat each day as its own journey. And you know, I I I think we've got a lot of like little totems and practices that we do on a daily basis to kind of like touch base. Um, we try to communicate as much as possible. And when it's hard, it's hard. And when it's not, it's not. And like any other ordeal in life or any other life experience at all, it is just not 100% tragic or 100% triumphant. Right. Exactly. It's both all the time.
0: It know? is both all the time, what a wonderful way to end this podcast! And that's life. I mean, it's so true. Like, there is no mastery of thought. I mean, to me, there's no endpoint where you're going to feel great all the time because that is not realistic. I think what you just oh, I love said, that you said that. yeah, yeah, like treating each day yeah. like a journey, and and it is both like wonderful and tragic all at the same time. But you are you are gaining tools to. Cope to adapt. Love is still as cliche as that sounds, it's still at the epicenter of your fucking relationship. And I don't know, the more you can practice that and practice just being here, like, yeah, today sucks. Or, and I've really, I've really been playing with that because, as most people, some days you can feel fantastic, some days you can feel horrible. And the way that you're thinking about, those things on that day will really start to affect it. I think the rest, the rest of your journey and the rest of your life. And that really is the practice. It's not about being happy or being joyful or getting to this finish line. It's just about being human and being in flow and being flexible.
1: I love it. I love it. Everyone. You love it too. You know, you do. You can email us At podcast at rightway.com, W-R-I-T-E-W-A-Y-C-O.com. And tell us about how authentically in line your thoughts are with your actions and how that affects your life. And do you need to change? Do you want to change? Do you need to talk about the steps you need to take to make that change?
0: Do you want to create a new story? Let us know.
1: Thanks for listening to Right Way Presents The Real Story.
0: Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, and comment. And for more information on The Real Story and Right Way, visit rightwayco.com.